0: to the Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart Podcast. I am your host, Karen Litzy, and today's episode is brought to you by GoDaddy. You can buy your own domain name, build your site, or use any of GoDaddy's business tools and save 30%. Head over to podcast.healthywealthysmart.com, and the link will be in the show notes for today's show, or you can head on over to the resources tab and save 30% through GoDaddy today. All right, so thanks all for joining me. Today's episode, I am thrilled to have on the wonderful Christine Gallagher. Christine is a speaker, trainer, best selling author, and award winning business coach. And she is also the founder of She's Got Clients.com, a company dedicated to teaching women around the globe how to find more meaning, fulfillment, and purpose in their life through the power of entrepreneurship. Christine believes that when entrepreneurs find the courage to share their gifts and their message in a much bigger way, they will not only attract raving fans, enroll more clients, and enjoy more income, they also become a force for positive change in the world. After applying Christine's proven marketing methods, which she teaches via her Impact Academy and live workshops, her student and attendees typically experience a significant increase in subscribers, clients, sales, and lucrative joint venture opportunities. Most importantly, they find a renewed sense of purpose and passion, allowing them to step into their bigger vision, connect to their why in order to serve at the highest level, and make lasting true impact in the world through a business they love. The Huffington Post declared Christine to be one of sixteen brilliant business minds on Twitter. She's won the Bronze Stevie Award for Business Mentor Coach of the Year for 2014 and is an Amazon best-selling author. She is also an in-demand speaker and has been featured in numerous publications such as We Magazine for Women, Newsday, Blogher, The Huffington Post, Social Media Examiner, and many more. And Christine was also a featured speaker in the Women in PT Summit last year, and we were so thrilled to have her. Uh, One of the things that a lot of people said they really enjoyed about the Women in PT conference is listening from the speakers who aren't PTs, and Christine was one of them. So we thank her dearly for that, and she was wonderful. So in this episode, we talk about five red flags that can tell you if... If and when you need to delegate, what Christine calls genius work and methods of discovering your strengths, how to develop and manage a team that complements your business needs, and Christine's favorite project management tools, and much more. I see a lot of people in Facebook groups and on Twitter asking questions about these very things, about how can I delegate, about how to manage a team, and Christine really goes into step-by-step how to do that in this podcast, so I thank her very much, and Of course, you can find out all about Christine over at the show notes at podcast.healthywealthysmart.com. You can find out about her groups, Facebook, Instagram, everything. It's all there. So make sure you check it out. And once again, I'd like to thank today's sponsor, GoDaddy. For all of the healthy, wealthy, and smart listeners, GoDaddy makes registering domain names fast, simple, and affordable. Find out why so many business owners choose GoDaddy to be their domain name registrar. GoDaddy is the world's largest technology provider dedicated to small businesses, largest domain registrar, award-winning support, Big savings, trusted by 13 million customers more than any other registrar. So if you want to find a domain name today, then head over to podcast.healthywealthysmart.com. Two ways to do it. In the show notes, there is a link for GoDaddy. Or go to the resources page on the podcast, click on the GoDaddy icon, and you can save 30% today and get your domain name or use any of their other services At GoDaddy. So thanks to GoDaddy, thanks to Christine Gallagher, and here is today's podcast. Hi, Christine. Welcome to the podcast. Happy to have you on.
1: Hi, Karen. I'm so excited to talk to you today.
0: Yeah, and for all of you who were at the Women in PT Summit in Uh, new york a couple of weeks ago christine is no stranger to you she was part of our social media panel and also gave away some pretty great raffle prizes so i want to thank you for being part of that because like i said at the summit i know it's not easy to say yes to a first-time thing so i really appreciate it
1: yeah you you guys did a great job with that event um thank you yeah, I had a lot of fun and the people there were really great. So I was happy to be a part of it.
0: Yeah. I, and and I know that you had an event just a few weeks after that. And how did that event go?
1: That went really well. Awesome. And, you know, I'm in the I'm in the phase where I'm like, ah, oh, because it's over, you know, like, <laughs> oh, yes, I know. Like, no, there's so much to do. So now it's kind of like, all right, I'm going to take a breather.
0: <laughs> but you yeah, should. It was great. Oh, that's awesome. Good to hear. And for all the people, so I, you know, we read the bio, I read the bio in the intro, but for the people who don't know who you are, um, can you fill in some of those blanks? How did you kind of get to where you are now?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, my company is she's got clients.com and we're a mentoring and training company for ambitious women entrepreneurs. Um, We specialize in teaching them how to leverage their expertise, their time, their marketing, their offers, um, and their mindset as well. And um, we do this through online training courses. Uh, mastermind programs, coaching, events, products, and um, I've been doing this about eight years. When I first started, um, it was a, it was a crazy time because I actually started the company um, really at the tail end of the last job I had, and so this was probably around 2008. Um, I was working a job that I was not happy in, you know, which is very common among people who become entrepreneurs, and um, and I was just searching and seeking for something and I figured out oh okay the reason why no job feels like a fit to me is because I'm probably meant to work for myself and um, that was very eye-opening and at the same time I started uh, going on social media because it was starting to blow up at that time and what I saw was all these especially women entrepreneurs who were like doing their own thing and had their own business and they could like go to Starbucks whenever they wanted during the day (laughs) and I was like What's this world? <laughs> you know? Um, and so it was very inspiring. And it very much leveled the playing field back then because I was able to talk to those women and, and ask them questions. And, you know, we'd follow each other on Twitter. And, you know, it was just a really, really exciting time. But I was still kind of like, well, what am I going to do? I want to work for myself, but I'm not sure what I'm going to do. And um, I hired, you know, a coach, which is something that I've been doing for a long time. I hired a coach who specialized in helping you figure out what you should be doing. And um, and we found out, like, you know, my strengths and all of that. And I realized that I had this knack for social media and that a lot of business owners really just didn't understand it. So I actually um, got laid off from my job about uh, a few months after. I hired that coach and I had a decision to make. Should I do this full-time or do I go look for another job? And I decided to go for it full-time, which was really scary, but I almost felt like I didn't have a choice. This was what I needed to do. So I hung out my my shingle as a social media consultant and started getting myself out there. And really, that's that's how it started. Um, but I had to learn so much about business. I may have been really savvy with the technology and social media because that's my background is... Um, Uh, Information systems and information science. So I had sort of like that geeky side to me, but I had to figure out how to get clients and market myself and all of that. And so that was a journey. And, um, and it's grown from there. It's been quite an adventure.
0: Yeah, and it sounds to me like the universe sort of aligned for you at the right time to do this, right?
1: Yes, yes. As a matter of fact, my co- that coach I mentioned, um, she, you know, I I hired her because she was. Uh, doing what I wanted to do. I was like, okay, you know, this is somebody I'm going to just follow and and not have to reinvent the wheel. And I remember the day I got laid off, I went home and I sent her an email and I was like, I think you should know, as my coach, I got laid off today. (laughs) And she was like, congratulations. And I was like, what? (laughs) And it was because she said, you know what, the universe gave you the kick in the pants you needed because you probably were going to hem and haw for a while longer about what to do. (laughs) And she was right. And so it was one of the best things that ever happened.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's a great story. And and it, it is like the kick in the pants, because it's scary to to sort of go out on your own. I know when I first went out on my own, I had like a full on panic attack. <laughs> yes. You know, I was like, I, I, I don't know too. if I could do it. I don't. And I mean, it was scary. I almost went to the emergency room. Um, yeah. Yeah. But it, it, you can have that sort of visceral reaction to it. But it it's, looks like it has all worked out for you, um, mm-hmm. and that you're really loving what you do, and that shows. That showed at the Women in PT Summit, and and it shows
1: in your work. Yeah, thank you. I I do have such a passion. For what I do, and you know what it really comes down to, because over the years, Karen, it's it's evolved. You know, it, it first started as social media consulting, and what I ended up seeing was that a lot of entrepreneurs were looking at um, social media as the magic bullet, and we all know it can do great things. But honestly, it's only one tool in your toolbox of marketing, right? So I had to really sort of do a shift in my own business um, where I had to uh, sort of almost broaden what I was coaching and training on to include online marketing in general, of which social media is just a piece. So um, I I grew to love online marketing and all the opportunities we have. And so um, my coaching and my training did a a shift towards that. And what I ended up telling people is like, listen, social media is amazing, but it's only one part of like everything you could be doing. And so that's when, um, I rebranded actually to she's got clients. That was 2011. And, um, and really now that's what we help people with and social media can be your start, but there's more that you can do obviously to get your name out there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and I'm glad that you mentioned that social media is just, Part of an overall strategy. Yes. It's not the end all be all, right?
1: Exactly. Yep. And now
0: you work with a lot of businesses and a lot of entrepreneurs and business owners. And there's something that, you know, we were sort of talking before uh, we went on and something that you wrote as to, you know, some possible topics really struck me. And as, so a lot of physical therapists will listen to this podcast and there's a lot more physical therapists go entering into the entrepreneurial space and a lot of different, and that shows up differently for everyone. But as physical therapists, we are sort of trained in the PT world to look for red flags, you know, Mm -hmm. these these things that could be life-altering or life-changing or life-threatening when we see our patients. And I love the fact that you were like, oh, I, I have this topic and it's, it's what are the five red flag things you must delegate first in your business. And yeah. so let's get into that because I think a lot of people try to do everything.
1: Mm-hmm. So what are
0: those five red flags you need to see in your, that you need to deal with in, first in your business?
1: Yeah, I'm glad we're talking about it because it's something that all business owners need to know, even if they feel like they're not, quote, you know, at the time or at the point where they can bring on help. I think it's good to understand what um, what you should be looking for. So here here's what I see are the five things that are red flags. Number one it's what you don't know how to do, which sounds so, you know, like, duh. But it's funny how entrepreneurs who end up wearing all the hats start to feel like, well, even if I don't know how to do this, it still needs to get done. So I should do it. Right. But if that keeps coming up, that's something that's obviously something you need to pay attention to. And I'll give you an example from my own business, like design work. I'm so not a designer. I just uh, don't- <laughs> I am with you on that. Yeah. Like my brain just doesn't work that way. So I'm like, I shouldn't be doing this. And believe me, I tried, you know, because I was like, I can do it. I can, you know, stand on my own and get all this done. And we do that. We're like, we're the Lone Ranger. We can handle it. And so um, that if you're seeing yourself do things like that, whether it's design or anything else, that's when you know that that needs to be delegated. Right. So that that's the first thing. The second thing is, you know, what you're not good at, which again, sometimes gets really clouded because you feel like you got to do it all. So an example, again, for my business would be bookkeeping. You know, that's not something I really want to do, nor am I really all that great at doing. Um, I can do like the very basic of tracking my numbers because I know that, you know, obviously you don't outsource that completely. You need to be aware of what's going on, but like the more intricate stuff with the books, I'm, I'm just not good at that. So if there are things in your business that you're like, wow, I keep doing this, but I'm really not the best person to do this. You should delegate that. Number three would be what doesn't directly generate money. Now this is tough because a lot of business owners will find themselves in a place of, okay, well, this doesn't necessarily directly lead to income, but it's still something that I feel is important to do. And so what I always tell business owners with this is when you get to a certain point where what you're doing, you actually calculate it in your head, do the math, you know, the things that you're doing that are actually not bringing money in on a regular basis are things that can be delegated, right? Because what it does is it frees up your time to work on things that are more directly money generating and would, you know, make you more, let's say per hour, right, then, you know, fooling around doing these things that aren't really directly revenue generating. Um, Then the next one would be what's falling through the cracks. Number four, what's falling through the cracks, there are things and this happens to me, you know, from time to time still, that I'm like, okay, there's this thing that's on the to do list, but it just keeps not getting done. What in the world is up with that, you know, (laughs) like, Mm -hmm. I, and it's either I'm resisting it, or it's just I need more help. So that's something that really is a red flag. Um, you know it needs to get done, but it, it's not getting done. And then number five is what you don't have time for, right? So you might think, I have so much to do, like all of us say. Um, but again, if it's something that is crucial to the growth of your business, um, crucial to you know the cash flow coming in, then you know that that's a red flag. That's something that you need to delegate
0: yeah and it sounds to me like a lot of these can kind of be overlapping maybe on this, like so for instance, in my business, like I like you said, the design work, I really disliked that, mhm, because I wasn't yes. good at it. I would get okay images for the podcast, but they weren't great, yeah like they were fine, you know um and 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 it it was time consuming, yeah, and it's so I feel like for me that would be. Kind of what I don't know how to do. I knew how to do it slightly, but not well. I was not good at it. Yeah. And yeah. and I I didn't, I didn't have time for it. It wasn't generated. It's, it's like all the above for yes. those red flags. So I think if <laughs> gosh, if you're if you're at three out of five of the red flags, like that should be a clear sign that listen, I need help. I need someone to help yeah. me with this. So are there is there an exercise that? Because sometimes when as an entrepreneur when you're in it and you're trying to do all this stuff you don't really know what you don't know how to do or maybe you're not clear on what you're not good at. So is there an exercise that people can go through to kind of uh, to kind of get some of these red flags out in the open so they're a little more obvious?
1: Yeah. That's a great question. So there's a there's a couple things. I mean, one of them um you know, one of the exercises that I often tell people to do is to think about what they're um, worth per hour doing their genius work. So the genius work is like what you love, but you're also extremely good at and you know, it gives you energy instead of takes your energy away. So if you calculate what you're worth per hour doing your genius work, and everybody has a general idea of that, And then you start making a list of all of the things you're doing each day in your business and you give it a dollar value, all of those things. Well, that's really eye-opening because let's say you're worth $200 per billable hour, but you're doing dozens of things each day that someone charges much less for and they're happy to do, you know, so that, that's really one way to look at it. And that I think is shocking to a lot of people. Um, But, you know, it really makes it clear that your time is, is worth, is worth money. And so all of these other things you're doing are taking away from that. The other thing that I think is really cool um, that I love to um, share with people is that there are actually assessments out there that can get you really clear on what your genius work is or what your strengths are, and so. Um, there's two tools that I often use with my own team. And I also have my clients take these assessments. One is the strength finders, Mm -hmm. right? Which is super helpful to find out just what are your strengths? What are you best at? And then the Colby, Colby A assessment, which is, um, a way to find out how you're wired. So it basically tests you to see how are you wired to take action. Are you more of a quick start person? Are you more of a fact finder who takes their time? And the reason why these assessments are powerful is because you can use them not only for yourself to get clear, but if you're hiring new people, um, oftentimes it's a good idea to have them take the assessment. And often before you even bring them on, um, which, you know, sometimes people uh, can't wrap their head around that. They're like, well, I haven't hired this person yet. But how much time, energy, effort and frustration are you going to save if you give that assessment and find out, you know what, this person shouldn't even be applying for this, you know, (laughs) because they're their strengths or their, how they're wired is totally opposite of what we need. So those are two assessments that I think are really powerful and can help you and team members get clear on what you should be doing.
0: Yeah, that's great. Thank you. And then yeah. something else within the red flag. So when you talk about what you don't have time for, mm. or those, or, and even what doesn't gener- directly generate you money, I think that can be a little confusing because there are sort of, money generating activities but I'm sure that's different for everyone so how do you know so if you're you know working on emails which can be a total time suck Mm -hmm. but are those email is that generating you income
1: Mm -hmm. do you know what I mean yep yeah it's a common question and people do get kind of um, confused how to look at this and the way that I look at it there's some things that are going to be a little bit in the gray area, right? Because there'll they'll be things that you need to do with that will eventually perhaps lead to money, but um, not right now in the here and now. So I'll give you an example. Um, for me, you know, um, perhaps there is a... Um, Uh, you know, a, a speaking gig or speaking gigs that I want to line up for the next, you know, 30 to 60 days. So for me, I look at that as something that is a priority, because I know that when I speak, I will end up making money in some capacity, even if I'm not paid to speak, I'm able to, um, you know, generate discovery sessions to talk to people about, you know, potentially coaching. Um, Some speaking gigs allow you to sell something, you know, from the stage, right? So even though that might not seem direct to me, there's a path to there's a path to money there. And so for me, one of the priorities on my list during that month will be uh, not only myself, but also working with my team to help line up additional speaking gigs right um now your inbox is another thing because yes, yeah, some of those things might end up generating money but do you need to be answering all of those emails do you need to be um typing the same things over and over so one of the things that i always do with my team and i tell my clients this is have templates have um you know, things that are already pre-written or that are common answers to the questions that you're always getting, because that's going to take you away from generating money. And it may eventually lead to money. But again, should you be doing all of that back and forth communication?
0: Right. I love, I love having a template because I often get asked a lot of questions about, you know, starting a cash based physical therapy business. And what I really need to do now that we're sitting here talking. What what I need to do is I need to get those common questions and have a bit of a, not a, a bit of a template answer, Mm -hmm. you know, that I can at least pull up and then individualize for that person. But at least I'm not typing out the same thing over and over and over again.
1: Yeah, that's exactly it. And, you know, to take it a step further, um, you know, I often um, talk about the operations manual, having an operations manual in your business. And a lot of people don't have this. And I certainly didn't in the beginning, probably wasn't until a couple of years in that I started to to have one um, created and I added to it and then my team added to it. But that's where we keep our templates now, Um, you know, and people can uh, on our team can look up by the table of contents, you know, when when this situation happens, how do you reply. And so a lot of that can be stored in like a central location. Um, like we keep our operations manual on Google drive and then all, everyone can access it.
0: Smart. Yeah. I actually have a, I just got my privacy policies and procedures manual, which is a oh. monster. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and, uh, it's, it's an actual paper thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, this is great. I love, I love the idea of keeping that on Google drive. I know what I'm doing this weekend. It's yes, te- template no. time. Um, and and you know what the interesting thing is, is a lot of people like, oh, it's going to take so much time. Uh-huh. So how do you respond to that? Oh, it's going to take so much time to get this template together. I don't have time to do that. So how do you respond yeah. to that? Because I'm sure that's common.
1: Oh, yeah, I hear this all the time. And I had a, a client retreat this week. And that actually came up in our discussion. You know, I could see my clients, their eyes were like, Oh, my gosh, you know, she's talking about the operations manual again, like, Oh, that's a lot of work. <laughs> and you know, what I said to them was, guys, remember, you have got to look at it from the long term side of things, not just the short term. So while in the short term, it may feel painful that you need to document things, right? Because you're like, I just I'm just going to do the thing. It's quicker. Um, what you're going to realize is that if you don't document it and if you don't get this down, Um, in your manual, in processes, that you'll never be able to scale your business um, because you'll still be stuck in doing everything yourself. So it's like kind of like you have to um, delay the gratification. You know, right now it may feel like a lot, but in the end, how much smoother will your business run if there's a manual that you can simply hand to a new team member or have another team member use to train a new person, right? Yeah. Yeah. That, that is how you have to think about it, is the long-term view. And, and what's also great, Karen, is that for my operations manual, my team members now um, update it for me. So sometimes I'll add some things as well, but my team members um, have, as part of their weekly and monthly tasks, keep the operations manual up to date as things change and as new processes happen. So that's also something that can be delegated as well, and a lot of people don't realize that.
0: Yeah, and again, that would be the quote unquote system. Yeah. Right? Yeah, Everybody's talks exactly. about systems. I feel like that's such a big buzzword, right? It is, yeah. But mm-hmm. that's the system.
1: Yep. That yeah. is a system. That mm-hmm. is a
0: system. Okay. So now we're talking a lot about team members here. And when it comes to physical therapy entrepreneurs, oftentimes we start out, we're on our own. And mm-hmm. then eventually as we grow, then we kind of have to hire on and bring on some team members. So I know you have a simple formula that kind of clarifies if it makes financial sense
1: for yeah. business
0: owners to bring on team members. So can you share that with us?
1: Yeah, it's similar to what we were talking about with the genius work, right? It's, it's about getting clear on what it is that you're doing all day long, every day. So I'll give you an example. I did this several years ago when I first brought on um, an online business manager I was so frazzled and so overwhelmed. And she said to me, just make a list of everything you're doing. Like, take about, you know, maybe a week, you know, five days or three days during your week and just list everything out. And I did that. And I literally, when I saw it, I almost cried (laughs) because I was like, I can't believe I'm actually doing all of this still. And so, what I did was started to look at everything that was on that list and go back to that dollar value, right? So, if there's something that a virtual assistant could do, you know, for $30 an hour, but, you know, for me to do it, it would take me longer, it would frustrate me, I'm not really great at it, and I could have been making, you know, $200 during that hour then that's what you really need to get clear on is comparing that because when people think about a virtual assistant which you know are very popular these days for online businesses um you think wow $30 an hour that's that's pretty that's a lot but they have specialized knowledge um a lot of them can do things like the design and the software and stuff that you're probably not the best at and so when you compare that to how much you could make an hour with a client it really becomes clear that that's not the best use of your time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that was my big aha moment earlier this year was trying to do all this stuff for patient care and, and for this podcast and I was like, what am I doing?
1: <laughs> yeah. This is
0: insane. And so I hired a VA and I took on an intern.
1: Okay, cool. And
0: and almost within a month of each other. And and actually, here's another question. So I took on two people very close together. A lot of people say, Ooh, you don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. So what are your thoughts on hiring? Is it bad to hire two people within the same month? Is that, you know, what, what are your thoughts there?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I think it really just depends on the business and the situation. So I I've been in that situation where, Um, I really felt like I wanted to bring on multiple people at one time and you, and the only thing that you really just need to be careful of is, is the systems again, because when you're bringing on a new person, if you don't have systems and processes and a way to train them and you're not clear on what they're good at, I mean, it can be like a big disaster because, you know, you're like, I just need somebody to do this. And so you throw them onto it. And then you're like having to go back and train them, and you know it just can become really messy. So I would say if you're looking to hire multiple people at one time, it's it's doable. Just make sure you have understanding of what exactly that person should be doing, how you're going to um, help them, what your role is. Because again, if you are just like panicked because you need somebody in place that's probably going to lead to a lot of issues. Um, So I've seen it. I've been through it and it's really not fun. Yeah. Uh,
0: Yeah. And I think the big takeaway there is if you are going to hire, whether it be a virtual assistant, an intern, another PT, a receptionist, you yourself as the business owner need to be crystal clear on what your expectations are for that position and crystal clear on what that position does and does
1: not entail. Yes. Definitely. Yes. Clarity on the position itself and also clarity around how does this work with you as the business owner now that you're bringing these people in? What are you responsible for? Mm -hmm. You know, is there an operations manual that they can get started with? You know, so with those things more streamlined, you'll have a smoother onboarding process. Um, whereas if you don't have that, you're going to double the pain because you've got more than one person, right?
0: Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and when you take on Team members, whether you're virtual or in in person, um, what platforms do you use or recommend to keep the team on the same page? You know, because there's yeah. so many different platforms out there, and I hear all these different things, and Asana, and or or do you just stick with the Google Docs? Or so, what do you do, and what do you recommend? Let's say, let's let's take this. What do you recommend for? the solo entrepreneur kind of bringing on their that first team member and then what do you recommend for larger teams
1: yeah it's a great question so you mentioned one of my favorite tools which i do use with my team which is asana and asana is a project management tool um they have uh, a free it's free um i think if you want more bells and whistles you can upgrade but we've been using the free for several years and it's fantastic and so what it does is it's a place where we can then um do the uh, assigning of tasks and keep track of which tasks are getting done and keep track of what are all the tasks underneath a particular project in the business. And so it's really a way to get out of email. And that was how I was first attracted to it. I was like, I'm so sick of the emails flying back and forth and just constant in the inbox. And so what Asana does is it allows you to have the conversations and follow the progress and work with your team within one place and it gives you notifications by email when something's due. It lets you know when a team member is finished with something. It has a chat feature where you can actually talk if there's questions around a project. So I think, you know, Asana is my go-to But I I think it goes without saying that there needs to be some sort of project management tool. Some people like Basecamp, you know, there's Mm -hmm, other ones. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, But there needs to be some central place where you're keeping track of what everyone is doing and who is in charge of doing it. And so we use that actually in conjunction with Google Drive. So Google Drive actually integrates with Asana. So what we'll do is if we have particular documents that, you know, we want to um, share with the entire team and we want them like in the cloud, um, we'll put them in Google drive and we can also reference them within Asana. um, If, if people need to reference them for the particular project. So so, yeah, there is a lot of stuff out there. There are a lot of platforms. And I know that asana, to be to be honest, because your question was about you know once you get bigger, right? Um I know businesses who are just starting out, you know they're they're in their first year or two, and you know the the cash flow is is not quite there yet, who use Asana. But then I also know of people who have businesses that are making you know four million, five million a year that are using Asana, um, and the free version. So it's, it's pretty remarkable, um, how flexible it can be, uh, even if your business is bigger.
0: Nice. Yeah. Well, you, you had me at get out of email. Yes. (laughs) yes. You had, you had me at get out of email. That was a very selfish question, by the way. (laughs) I wanted to know what you I
1: kind of had a feeling.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So no, I'm just kidding. Okay. Let's get back to questions, but I think everybody wants to know that stuff, you know, Totally. I, there's no way I'm the only person who wants to know about project management tools. Yeah. Um, no. Okay. So we have a better idea now of kind of what needs to be delegated in your business. Uh, when when is the right time to bring on those team members? How to communicate with your team members? Right. So now, mm-hmm. what are what are some ways that business owners, especially these solo solopreneurs, right? Because it could be mm-hmm. lonely. Yeah. What are some ways some business owners can get support?
1: Yeah. So there are um, a lot of different ways right now. I mean, we talked about the virtual assistant and um, a virtual assistant is um, somebody who, as it sounds, you know, works virtually. They can work from their own office, but they have their own business, you know, and they might have multiple clients. But the great thing about virtual assistants is um, you can uh, find uh, somebody who specializes in, let's say, the technology side. So you don't have to necessarily have a VA that's the jack of all trades. There are VAs that specialize in just an area like technology, and then there are uh, VAs that specialize into in more admin, right? So when I'm coaching business owners on creating their first uh, team members and and hiring their first VAs, I always tell them don't don't look at a virtual assistant like they're going to do everything. It's so much easier to have two separate people that actually have, um, you know, a like um, uh, there's clarity around what's in their wheelhouse. So I know that my tech VA handles like the sales pages and the back end and the website. And my admin VA handles the customer service and the email and, you know, things like that. So um, just just wanted to mention that so people know that there are people in the virtual world who uh, specialize. Right. Um, so a virtual assistant is something great. But you can also look at, you know, like you said, Karen, interns or college students who are local or, you know, even a mom um in kids, uh, with kids who have, um, kids in school and they have time to actually, you know, do something, um, as far as their own, their own work during the day. There's a site called hiremymom.com, which I always, I love to say that hiremymom.com. That's great. Yeah. And you know, there are those people on that site, those women, are our moms and they're looking for part-time work during the day when the kids are in school so there's so many different ways to get help Um, and then of course sometimes you might decide you're ready for a full-time employee now I'll tell you I had an experience with this I've always had virtual uh, contractors and about two and a half years ago I decided to hire a full-time employee and I you know at the time I thought that was a great decision But there's a lot that's involved with having a full time employee, I'm sure as many of your listeners know. And so it may not be the best thing to do. And I ended up, you know, experimenting with that and then went back to my virtual contractors. But um, I think the, the point is, is that there's a lot of different ways to get help in your business. And it doesn't have to look like somebody else's business, you know, cause I was looking at other people's business and going, well, they have full time employees. So maybe that's, you know, what I should do. Well, you know, that's not always a great way to make the decision. Right.
0: So, exactly. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. You have yeah. to kind of go back to, you know, what, what you said earlier is that formula that will clarify if it makes financial sense.
1: Yes. For exactly. your business,
0: you know, so exactly. what are you doing every week? How much, go back, like you said, to that, what is, what is your genius work? What is the value of that? What are you doing every week? And then looking at, I'm going to do this, by the way, and, yeah. and looking at how much you're doing and be like, whoa, wait, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. know, like they said at the Women in, I think it was Patricia Lattice, who's the co-owner of Kima at the Women in PT Summit, is, you know, she was very vocal about creating the army around you. Yeah. And that army doesn't necessarily have to be a full-time employee. Mm -hmm. It could be, like you said, I love hiremymom.com. That sounds great. But it it could be, you know, you could have a relative helping you out. You know, it could be a virtual. I have a virtual assistant. I love my virtual assistant. She does such great work that I literally don't know why I haven't been with her for years.
1: Right, right.
0: I look back, I'm like,
1: what was I thinking? I know. I've done that too. What I've done that I too. In fact, to I always say to people, I always say, you're you're going to find out that once you hire your first person, whether it's virtual or, or whatever, you're going to go, I wish I had done this sooner. That yeah. always happens.
0: Yeah, yeah. always happens. I feel that way about the intern. I don't know if you met her at the at the summit. Um, mm. But she was one of the volunteers there. Yeah. Um, Julie, I think she was sitting behind you actually. I think I did meet her. Yeah. yeah. Um, she is a beautiful writer. So she does all the show notes. And I look back at the show notes that I used to do. I'm like, I sucked. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I was terrible. And I think it's, it's good to be able to admit that you suck at something.
1: Totally right. Totally. It's
0: time to put that step. ego aside. <laughs> yes, the first—it's right. the first step in getting help—is—is is admitting that you need admitting. it. <laughs> right. Exactly. And I yep. sucked. Um, yep. Now, uh, you mentioned earlier, but I just want to clarify. So, um, two useful tools that you that you can use yourself and with your team to get crystal clear on who should be doing what.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So. so that- the Strength fighters yeah. and the Colby, um, and and the thing I really want to highlight about that is, um, again, when I first found out about those assessments, I was very curious. Like, oh, what is what are my scores going to be? What you know, what is it going to say about me? And um, what I ended up realizing is that the team members need to be clear on this as well. And I remember I brought on a girl. Um, And she was so excited about her strength finders results that she put them in her email signature. She's like, my strengths are and I thought it was so like it was so so cool. I was like, oh, my gosh. But, you know, it really helps team members understand that um, they play an important role in the company and often. It's because of the strengths that they have. So, you know, for example, this, this one girl was, um, her top strength was activator. So she was very much like about activating things to happen. And in the Colby, I'm, I'm what's called a fact finder, which, um, is actually not a quick start. It means you actually just are constantly researching and thinking and it can really be helpful in some ways, but not helpful in other ways. And so. Right. So I need to surround myself with people who are quick starts or activators who actually are getting things done so that they can balance out my tendency to like really, you know, research and dig deep. <laughs> right. um, so, yeah. So I think that that's something that people need to um, to know that can be really, really helpful with somebody who is working with you as well.
0: Yeah. And and, you know, here's not to be a Debbie Downer, but we talked about how to hire and how to make sure that these team members are working for you. What happens if they're not
1: mm, and you yeah. have
0: to cut the cord? How do you do that? What do you say to businesses when they're in that, in that predicament, especially with women, right? With female entrepreneurs, because like we want everything to work out <laughs> and we want to give everyone a chance. So, so what if it's not working out? How do you broach that topic, that subject with that team member?
1: Yeah, it's it's so huge. So I I think that's absolutely correct. Women especially we tend to want to, you know, really help people and take care of them and give them another chance and you know what I say to that is um ladies, we got to put on our CEO hats. You know, um we are the CEO of the business and it really comes down to is this person adding to or taking away from the business and the growth of the business Um, and also the culture too. And so there's that phrase that I always heard that I never really understood until I got into the position and it was, you know, hire, um, hire, slow, fire, fast. (laughs) Mm. And I always thought, Oh, wow. And, um, but it's true. You know, if the person is not, um, you know, a fit or there, there are things that they keep, you know, dropping the ball on my advice is is really about nipping that in the bud. You have to be honest and you have to have a private conversation with them about what's going on. So I'll give you an example. Um, there was a time in my business where one of the assistants I was working with, um, she just started missing deadlines. And you know it was very, very disconcerting for me because things were getting dropped. Um, and yet I know that in that moment, I could have just been like, I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to see how she does on the next project. But I realized one day, I'm like, how much is this causing me more stress and probably her more stress because she knows that something's going on. Um, And so I just had to have a conversation with her. And it turned out that there was something going on in her personal life that was interfering. And she knew it was true. And I knew it was true. And I had to say to her, Um, you know, I totally understand that there are things going on, but as you know, you know, the business, you know, needs to still keep running and these deadlines need to be met. So we're going to, you know, need to part ways. And is that ever easy? No, it's not easy. But again, as the CEO of your business. You're the one who needs to make those decisions and you're the one who needs to, um, you know, speed up the process. Don't, don't, don't make it drawn out. That's really hard for a business owner, but it's also really unfair to the, to the assistant or the employee, um, because they could go find a better match or better fit. And I think that's important to remember as well.
0: Yeah, Uh. absolutely. So I think, kind of getting over perhaps your uncomfortableness as the business owner to have that conversation is yes. paramount because you have to have it and and again you know you it's not like you you just say oh you're fired right it's not like no. the apprentice no <laughs> you know you have a conversation to find out well what's going on and is there a way I can help yes and perhaps Absolutely. if there if that is if it isn't possible then you know, you part ways on good terms.
1: Yes. That's, that's a very good point. It's not about just, okay, fire fast, you know, okay, you're fired. That's not what we mean. We mean that, uh, be proactive and nip it in the bud if you can Mm -hmm. and have that conversation sooner than later.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that makes perfect sense because you don't, like you said, it's, it, it is, it's terrible to drag something out on, on all ends. Yeah, you know it's just not fair on all ends, uh, from your business to you to the employees. So I think that's great advice, and and thank you for that. Now I yeah. have one more question that I've been asking uh, everyone as they come on to the podcast for sort of the last question, second to last question. So okay. knowing what you know now,
1: mm.
0: in where you are in life and where you are in your business. What would you say to, usually I say, what, what would you say to yourself as a PT when you just graduated from PT school? But how about this? What would you say, knowing what you know now, what would you say to that girl eight, nine years ago who got laid off and decided to start her
1: own business? Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so much. Um, but if, you know, I had to pick one or two highlights of that, I would say, well, number one, we actually mentioned it, which was get help sooner. Um I think I hired my first virtual assistant Two years into the business, and and again, I looked back and I said, "Why the heck did I not do this sooner?" So, um, so so that is important to to mention because a lot of times people end up in that catch twenty two of, uh, well, I don't feel like I'm quote making enough money to hire somebody. But again, that's when we have to go back to doing the the, the simple math about how much money you're actually losing or how much money you know it's costing you. Um, so there's that, and then the other thing I would say is um, that, you know, the, the mindset stuff is so important. So when I first started my business, I was very much about the brass tacks, you know, like strategy and marketing. And that was, you know, I was practical girl and I still am, but what I ended up realizing a few, um, actually it was probably in the first year I started realizing is that, you know, the, the personal development stuff I'd always heard about, you know, what you think becomes your reality. And, you know, you have to believe before anyone else can believe. And the stuff that I always kind of thought was a little bit like, eh, I realized how big of a role that that played in my results. And so ever since then, I've made it a priority to have some sort of routine or ritual in my daily life that keeps me in that place of possibility, right? Because it's so easy to go into that place of doubting and fear and all of that. So I think having some sort of practice, um whether you call that a spiritual practice or a mindset practice is really important for me it has to do with affirmations and meditation and just reading really amazing stories of entrepreneurs who've overcome things that to me feeds my soul and keeps me in a really good place so i think that i would absolutely encourage people to do that sooner than later in their business if they don't have some sort of practice like that
0: fantastic advice and finally what do you want people to take away from the discussion today? We talked about a lot.
1: Yeah, we did.
0: We really talked about a lot. But what are, what are the things that you would say to, you know, to your client? What is most important for them to be successful in their business?
1: Yeah, I think based on especially what we've been talking about around getting help, I mean, I think that the biggest thing to convey is you don't have to do this alone. You don't have to be the Lone Ranger like I felt like I had to be in the beginning because I'm smart. I can figure this out. You, you have to surround yourself with people who are going to, uh, as I say, lift you higher, right? You know, that, and that could be team members, but that could also be supportive colleagues, coaches, mentors, a mastermind, you know, being an entrepreneur is really isolating and it's really lonely. And especially those of us who work from home, um, it's especially isolating in that sense. And so having a network, having support, whether that's team or it's colleagues is so, so, so crucial. Yeah, absolutely. And
0: now, what do you have coming up? Yeah, what do you? What do you what, what's going on with you? What do you have coming up that we can tell the listeners about?
1: Oh yeah, so I think um, the new year—it's really exciting because we're rolling out some some new things. But one of the things that I'm uh, doing again—that I did. Um, I, I believe it was this past summer is uh, a free challenge. So I have a, a Facebook group that I run. That's a free group for entrepreneurs. It's called just add wifi that's <laughs> and cool. uh, yeah, and it's a, a place for entrepreneurs to get support and inspiration and, and, you know, connect with me. And, um, one of the things I did in that group over the summer was a, a free challenge. It was a five day free challenge uh, about how to build your tribe. So, you know, one of the biggest things about leverage, um, I love to talk about leverage, but you can't really leverage um, fully unless you have a following of people who, you know, believe in you, know, know you, like you, trust you, and um, can be, you know, in your community. And so in the challenge, I teach people over five days how to build their tribe, how to actually start talking about things on social media so that people um, see your personality and see your authenticity. And so we're going to be doing that challenge again, um, probably in January, and I'm really excited about that. So yeah. Uh, So yeah, it's a great way to kick off the year um, and start building that tribe of people um, who are going to eventually buy from you and hire you.
0: Exactly. That sounds awesome. I will definitely uh, be joining in that. So thank you very much. (laughs) And if people want to get in touch with you, and and again, everyone, of course, everything will be on the podcast notes at podcast.healthywealthysmart.com. But how can people, what's the best way for people to reach you?
1: Yeah, so they can reach me through uh, my website, she's got clients.com. And they can also find me um, on Facebook if you search for Christine Gallagher. And um, I am also loving Instagram. That's probably one of my favorite places to be these days. My name on there is Christine G. Um, And I just want to mention, Karen, that if they go to my website, she's got clients.com. There's a great free guide if people want to download. Um, It's a PDF guide, but it also, has an accompanying audio and it's called Five Shorefire Strategies to Escape the Dollars for Hours Trap, which I know a lot of people really, um, really want to know how to do that. So um, people can grab that and they can go to She's Got Clients.com uh, forward slash the number five, Shorefire, and they can uh, download that free gift.
0: Awesome. Well, that is a great free gift. So I hope all of you listeners take advantage of all this free stuff. Um, so Christine, thank you so much for coming on. This was great. I know I'm going to be taking action this weekend on a lot of this stuff. So
1: thank you so much. Hey, that's awesome. You're welcome. This was fun. And everyone, thank you so
0: much for listening. Again, you can get all of the info. And I know we talked about a lot, but all the links will be up at Com find Christine, follow her on social media, go to her website, get, get the uh, free PDF and audio, and have a great week, and stay healthy, wealthy, and smart.